Bye. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. Good morning. Here I am again in my my little uh little tent there, spend the night and by my trees, a North Georgia view of a beautiful lake. And so I just want to share with you, especially the leaders, especially pastors. Today the word is actually to pastors, people that are in charge of the of the sheep, people that are uh, constantly ministering to the hurt, the needy of your local congregation. And so this is a special word to you. We're going to begin with the First uh, Samuel chapter one. There was a man, a certain man in Ramalia, Ramaim, uh, Zufite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah. And of course, uh, he had two wives. One was Hannah and the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And so year after year, chapter 1, verse 3, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. That's where the temple was, where the tent was. And uh, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give a portion of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But Hannah, but to Hannah he gave a double portion. It simply means he had two wives. One he respected and cared for, but the other one he loved. And her name was Hannah. And, uh, and the Lord had closed her womb. Now notice that the Lord closed her womb. It wasn't, it wasn't something of illness or infirmity of any kind. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And so Peninnah just provoked Hannah and, and, and caused her to, to be angry and bitter to a point of, of, of not eating. So this year, this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival broke her till she kept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why do, don't you eat? Why are you downcarded? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli was the priest involved, and that's our main point, point of view here, because the message today is to the pastors and to the priest. Hannah wept much and, and prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow. But Eli was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow. And the vow was this, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will be ever used in his head. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. And her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. 
Eli thought that she was drunk and said to her, How long will you be keep on getting drunk? Get rid of all your wine. Now notice that this is where the mind of Eli is. He is not saying anything to Hannah, but trying to correct her and actually missing the point because she was simply praying uh, without making a sound. <coughs> and Hannah responded, No, no, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out, out of my anguish and grief. Now, Eli's response here, out of nowhere thinking that she was drinking, said this, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of Him. Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of Him. Out of nowhere, unexpected, the mouth of Elijah prophesied over Hannah. And of course, early in the morning they arose, went their way, and of course they ate something, her face was no longer downcast. Early in the morning they arose and worshipped the Lord, and then went back to their home in Ramah, Elkanah, with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. <coughs> now why would the Lord remember her when she had been coming year after year after year to be in prayer. And the reason why is because Eli prophesied. Notice, the God of Israel grants you that you have asked of Him. So, the part that I want to explain to you here is that Hannah is the, the wife of Elkanah, the one that she loved, and he loved, and Eli was a priest, and Eli simply prophesied, and the Lord remembered. Eli prophesied, and the Lord remembered. Eli prophesied, and the Lord remembered. May your, fa- may your servant find a favor in your eyes, she said. Then she went out her way, ate something. Early in the morning as they went out, Elkanah laid with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it was... So in the course of the time, nine months, of course, Hannah conceived and gave birth a son. She named him Samuel, uh, and saying, because, because I asked the Lord for him. Now, by the way, Samuel was the last prophet in the Bible before the coming of Christ. But I want you to see this. The priest say it, said it. The Lord remembered. And this is how prophetic life works. That's how the prophetic life of a priest works. Why is so important that the, the priest understand these concepts? It's because, you see, he has power available to him or her to speak a word into the kingdom in the lives of people. But most people don't. As a matter of fact, most leaders that I know now, especially in my area of, of, uh, of uh, call, which is uh, the Methodist Church, I don't see any material. I don't see any books. Very few seem to understand this concept and apply it. Most pastors are scared, confused, 
misinformed, not able to understand this concept, as if it's something Pentecostal. See, the, 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 the excuse here for in, 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 the, in the Methodist churches is because this is Pentecostal. We're Methodists. And, of course, you're simply limiting your spiritual life and what Wesley experienced then, then seeking the Lord for what you want to experience. You know, to, to live according to Wesley is it's, it's really not, not uh, required of the Lord. He's a good man, good theology. But at the same time, we're living in a time where Wesley do not live. We're living in a time of identity crisis. We're living in a time of war. We're living in a time in which there's more lawlessness in the world today than ever before in the history of humanity. And so... When you begin to... Now, notice that when, when Eli spoke these words, Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of Him. He didn't, he didn't ask... Uh, uh, he, didn't, he didn't tell her what she asked. Whatever you ask, it, may He grant it. Grant you. It's not may. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of Him. Now... I want you to know again that the priest prophesied God remembers. The priest prophesied God remembers. And that's the point of view that I want you to know because this child became uh, uh, Samuel. And of course Samuel found David up there taking care of the sheep in, in, uh, in the house of Isaac. And of course David became the, the root of David and the dynasty of David lasted 400 years after he died. And of course, Jesus came from the house of David. Now, good. Let's begin now to, uh, to look then in this, in, in this contest, but speaking to priests and ministers. Prophesying, it's a gift. It's a gift. Now, it is a gift because it is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, I want to sort of uh, go into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, uh, and I want to specifically begin with verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God who works all in them and all men. So there are three things here. There are different kinds. The service is different. The working is different. And the gift is different. The ability of the Holy Spirit to work in this contest needs to be understood because these three things are critical. When you begin to observe your mouth and what you say in order to establish a prophetic gift in your life. First of all, I said to this to you that the prophesying is a gift. has nothing to do with the prophet. I don't know how many times I told you this. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-10 deals only with 
how the operation of the Holy Spirit works. There are different kinds of working. But the same God who works all of them and all men. Okay? Now, let me go back again. There are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service. The gifts operate in a different way. And of course, the working. The working simply means that they, they operate in a certain way to do a certain thing. Uh, verse, verse 4, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians talks about different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service and working. So service and work is what I'm calling you your attention. Service, for what does it do? And working, how it operates. You have to learn what they do and how they operate. It's essential. Look, if you begin to pray for people and begin to counsel people, and uh, you're going to get involved into all kinds of problems that are transmittable, all kinds of mental anguish that deeply, deeply, deeply affects the life of a pastor or a, a man of God or woman of God. Uh, in order to, to understand this, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to apply that which is necessary to be done. And because, because it knows how to work it out. The service and the working incorporates you in the midst of need. If you are, if you are informed on the, on the service, what the problem is, and how the gifts, how this gift operate. Now let's talk about applying to prophecy. What is the value of prophecy or prophesying in terms of this, this, this verse, chapter 12, verse 4? I think it four, four and five. These two words, service and and working. Let's deal with prophesying. Prophesying, according to Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, puts his its base on First Corinthians fourteen three. Now it's right here. I have to do a couple pages. Uh, now fourteen three. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for three things. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now, the service that this prophesying does is to directly find someone that is downcast, someone that is discouraged, someone that is accused, someone that is uh, in a horrible situation financially, Someone that uh, 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 is is losing its strength, physical strength, serious problems. Uh, perhaps someone who's an alcoholic. Perhaps someone that lost his family in a car accident, and and comfort them. I don't know what the need is, but but I tell you this: <coughs> the service that this gift will do does better than you talking to them about all kinds of things that have no connection with the need. Because psychologically, you, you, when you face a problem like a man that has been drinking for 30 years about to die, it, it, it's, 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 it's not that simple. You can talk your mind off, your, your intellect, until you allow the Holy Spirit to come and take hold of you, the gift of prophesying, and speak to it in prayer. Now that makes a difference. Because the service that needs to be done is only known, known by the Holy Spirit. You know, I was a, I'll give you an example. I went to this man's house in Cabo Frio, Brazil. 
Cabo Frio is a place where people go for vacation. It's at the beach, and, and it's a beautiful place to have a little condominium and, and enjoy life. Well, let me say this to you. I, uh, I was asked by the people to go to the house of this man who was uh, uh, sick for a long time. The, the blood pressure is wrong, no, no good. He, he's, he is downcasted. He is in a wheelchair. He is uh, losing a lot of weight. And, and of course, all of that. And I, when I got in, directly at the moment that I looked at him, I looked behind him. And there was a, a wall full of books. That was way up there, one line of books, and then second line of books, third line of books, fourth line of books. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, I, I am open to the work of the Holy Spirit, and yet I don't, know, I don't know where to begin. But I looked and I saw the book, and I heard distinctly in my mind, like in my voice speaking to me, there's a gun under there, pick it up. And so I told the woman, go out in the third row of books on the back, there's a there's a, a a gun there. Now, that that was that was the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of this man. The service war was to come in and uh, and edify him and build him and encourage him and speak a word of comfort to him. But before that, you see, I had to allow the Holy Spirit to work its prophetic power in his life. And he worked to where there's a gun there. And so they took the gun out of there, and he began to cry. And it, it, it was uh, in some type of a war that he was a part of it sometime in his life, in his young life. He killed a lot of people with that, uh, with that gun. And he kept it. It was a German gun, I remember uh, uh, distinctively. And, uh, and he began to cry. And so... All that I heard was exhort him, comfort him, encourage him, strengthen him. So I lift up, got his family to lift up his, uh, his hands in the air, lifting his elbows straight in the air. And I began to tell him to repeat after a prayer. And I spoke, Heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I release this man from the accusation that he is a murderer. God, that he uh, I have done wrong and... Uh, and that, that he is destined to, to, to uh, hell in, in, in eternity because of his sin. Oh God, remove from him, Lord. He was under authority. He was under the army of this country or that country, God. And, uh, and so, Lord, he is doing his job as a soldier. Release him, God. Let him know that you love him and care for him, God. And the more I spoke, the more his hands were lifted. You could see transformation taking place. In him now, you probably say, "Oh, Rick, that's your my gift." There was simply that I studied this scripture and I tried to apply it, and, and I made a lot of mistakes in applying. But at least it began to work in a place or two, and and I was able to remember the story today. So, what I'm saying to you is that prophesying then is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a vocal gift of the Holy Spirit. Now. You probably say, Rick, I have a problem with the Holy Spirit. Well, you you got a big problem. Because if you begin your ministry by by causing your mind to doubt the Word of God, oh, but I, I believe Paul is out of order. See, you begin you begin a way to to uh, to to approach God and question the testimony of a man who God mightily used, write wrote fourteen epistles of the New Testament. And, and so you got you got a spiritual problem. 
Okay. So, the definition then of spiritual authority, uh, I, I would say serving others through prophesying is, is ability to speak in people's lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not a prophet. In other words, you're not a prophet. You're prophesying. You, you, you tell, you're speaking in people's lives. And, and, and as the gift of prophesying operates, you begin here having revelations from the Lord. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. In other words, when one gift operates in prophesying, uh, it, it, it brings other gifts to inform you and tell you what's going on. And so it's a wonderful thing to be praying for a man in his house and to be led of the Spirit to do the things I did. First he told me where the gun was. Then, he, then, then the, the, the Lord told me that that gun had killed a lot of people. Then the Lord told me that his mind, his intellect, his rationale, his personality was so filled with accusation and condemnation that he is about to die because he had never, never, never repented of his sin <coughs> and, and never been anybody prayed with him, showing him what was wrong in his life. So, so, so here is you as a pastor in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And you're sitting there with a woman talking to you, and you can't hear a word. You don't know where to begin. You just ask her to talk, and she would give you all the information. She would tell you everything that really is wrong with her life, but not the Holy Spirit, only her. And you have to go to the testimony of this woman in order to bless her because you're blind, you're, 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 you're empty, you're void of any matter, manner of, of revelation, small as it may be, to bless that woman. And, and, uh, and, uh, and I, I would say to you, I, I, I would question my call. I would simply question my call. I would, I would uh, ask the Lord to have mercy. You see, what Hannah did was, I've been pray, praying here for years and years and years and years and years, and, 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 uh, and Penny and I has been ridiculing me, accusing me, belittling me, uh, and, and laughing at me. And, and I made a vow to the Lord. I made a vow. I said, God, if you give me a child, I'll give it to you back to you, God. You see, this is what needs to happen to you. God, if you build, build me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Listen, there are new leaders coming in into this new church called, uh, called uh, Global Methodist. There are some leaders. You leaders of that church need to be very careful who you put in authority because there, there are people that are being considered that should never be elected bishops. They don't believe the Word of God. They resist the Word of God. They resist the gifts. They resist the power of the Holy Spirit. Woman and man, especially a woman that is trying to get in, you need to make sure that you don't make a mistake and please people because they're females or males. Now, who's saying this? My name is Rick Bonfim. I live in Athens, Georgia. And I'll say this. Why? Because the Lord revealed it to me. The Lord spoke to me about this. And so what I'm saying to you now is that the working, the service that it does is to bring healing, deliverance to that man in the wheelchair. The service or the working of the Holy Spirit is to work the details inside of what it is. Remember, I came in, I received an invitation, I came in, I saw him in the wheelchair. It's very, difficult, very easy to see that this man is about to die. The Lord showed me the books. Uh, the Lord told me there was a gun there. 
They picked up the gun. Oh, by the way, we, we took it to the, to the wheelchair. We just went out at the beach and I threw it in the rocks. I'll never forget that. So, so here, 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 here is the, uh, the Lord told me to pray for him, uh, to, to lift his hands up and bring his lungs up. And the whole family lifts his eyes. They all begin to pray. They all crying and praying and crying and praying. And the Lord saved this man. I was at, I was at night. I was in Cabo Frio. I rented a tent at the beach, just a large 500-seat tent. And we had five days of preaching. And the Lord saved a lot of people and ministered to a lot of people. Now, let me tell you this. If you are a leader and you have no understanding of, of service and workings, I feel sorry for you. You know, you, you're, you're actually totally and completely out of order. Now, that doesn't make me a prophet. Operating that way doesn't make me a prophet. It makes me a servant of the Lord that knows how to prophesy. Now, it doesn't come with church membership. It doesn't come with fellowship. It doesn't come with friendship. It comes from God alone, and it's given to someone for the benefit of all. Now, that's very important. Not a single gift of the Holy Spirit makes you important in the eyes of the brothers and sisters. Because it benefits all of them. It's not something to one person. It benefits all of them. The ratio between, between one to a, to a thousand applies to every gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not one to one. It's one to many. And so that day, uh, uh, the Lord did wonderful things in the life of this. Now, and so a prophet gives prophecy which he deals with the future. Prophesying, a prophet gives, gives a prophecy which sells the future. It's an office of ministry. And uh, uh, I want to read to you Ephesians 4, 7 through 11 before we finish today. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Means, it depends. Your grace, uh, your faith could be greater than my faith. Many people have a wonderful faith. My faith might be small in comparison to yours. Wherefore he said it. When he ascended on high, he led captive captive and gave gifts to men. Now that he ascended, but it is but that he also descended first on lower parts of the earth. Yes, he did. That he descended is the same as that he ascended up far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Notice that these are leaders, spiritual leaders. A prophet, a teacher, is, is a, a call of God, uh, a pastor, an evangelist, a, a prophet, and an apostle you know, is, the, is the hand. The teacher begins here. The apostle is there. This is the prophet. This is the evangelist. This is the pastor. This is the teacher. And so these are positions <coughs> in which God calls you to serve Him. I feel real sorry for, for many of these. These, pre, these called people to serve the Lord have no knowledge of prophesying is. It's a sad day. It is a sad day. Uh, and I want to stop here because uh, I want to teach another 30 minutes tomorrow. But I want to tell you, I, 
I, uh, my father told me that every time you go into a church, you find out the servants. And so I went to the kitchen, and I found a very tall black lady in Brazil dressed in white. She was real big, like a 6'5". And, uh, and I went in the kitchen, and I simply said to her, The Lord asked me to pray for you. And I was moved because right on there, she left the kitchen, went up outside, and knelt down. And I, and I said, Lord, are you, are you, uh, <laughs> I'm doing what my father told me, but uh, you, you're after something here. <laughs> you know? And suddenly I remember that, that, that the Lord is saying, Hello, Rick. Hello, heaven to, to earth, Rick. Earthly, earthly Rick. Listen, listen, son. Speak to her need. Stop trying to get to know her. She has no time of getting to know you. Do your thing. And when she left, I saw that there was no ring in her hand. There was no ring. And so the thought came in my life, pray for a husband. And my goodness gracious, I just, I just pray for that man. I pray for the same height. I pray for the equal personalities. I pray for... Uh, that, uh, I'm prophesying just mouth over, speaking into their life, speaking life into her, speaking life into her finances. <coughs> and she is crying, and I'm praying over and praying over. By 15, 20 minutes, I was through. And I'll never forget that hug. She gave me a beautiful hug and told Pastor Rick, I've been in this kitchen for many, many years, and I want to thank you for praying for me. When I came back, no, no, when I came back to Brazil, she was at the mission waiting for us with her husband, which had the characteristics of 6'5", uh, 250 pounds, men of God. They worked in the Baptist church kitchen. He, he cooked for the Baptist, and she cooked for the Methodist. That was it. And, of course, I pray over him, anointed with him. I, when I, on the door of the bus, it opened up. There she was with her husband. I just want to tell you, the power of the prophetic, in your life, needs to begin today. Heavenly Father, thank you for anointing the men of God, the women of God who listen to this teaching. And I pray that they'll be able to understand the difference between any gift, but to know the gift of prophesying, edifying, building, and comforting the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás.